0: Song. <laughs> fuck Scott fuck Scott
1: I like it. It's catchy. <laughs> Maybe they'll do an SNL skit about that.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean that's what's been rolling around in my head for the last week and a half, oh my two, three weeks. However, fuck long I'm it's been. I'm just ready for it to be over first? Oh, yeah. I'm just talking. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) In case you didn't already know, hey, murder lovers. My name is Mackenzie.
0: This is Fatina.
1: And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome, even though we started without you. (laughs) Our Patreon is actually finally live now. The last two times we said it was live and it wasn't live yet because I didn't know that you had to get approval.
0: We're first-time podcasters, first-time Patreon people, so we didn't know this. So inexperienced. You guys, the, the amount of response that we've gotten so far is more than I ever expected. I didn't think we were gonna suck, but I mean... People are giving us their hard-earned money, and, I, and it's it feels so nice. It is very nice. We
1: appreciate you guys. So, yeah, thank you so much for signing up for Patreon. Um, Lots of cool things coming for you guys, so make sure that you put, like, your mailing address in there and such and such because y'all are going to get things in the mail and so on and so forth. Yes. We're really excited. So excited. Thank God Fatina is a creative. A creative.
0: <laughs> Just a, yeah, like that. Yep. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Uh I really do have fun making stuff and uh we had a little cake to celebrate today that we launched because a lot of a lot of things have happened. We launched the new logo and you know we did the whole rebrand thing and we launched the Patreon and luckily we got a good response. So I thought what better way to celebrate than with cake. And for the 10% of you who didn't like our new logo, well too bad. Well <laughs> I have stuff with but the old do. logo if you really want it. Yeah. I mean it was a nice logo and I will never forget it. <laughs> it's, it's how we started, but it's, it was
1: time for the right. for the glow-up.
0: It's near and dear to my heart because it's how we started, but I think we needed something that I could spot a mile away and be like, that's us. Yep. That's our logo. Mm-hmm. And and it looks so
1: good. It looks so good when I like go through all of my podcasts and everything. And I'm like, ah.
0: It's it's right a... there. It's bold. It's not, you it know, It looks gray like we might know what we're out. doing. <laughs> Anything else true grimy? I feel like there was a new show coming out that I was like, oh, I need to watch that.
1: Oh, oh my God. It's about the Mormon church.
0: Yes, that's what I saw. Um, it's like murder by... murder by Murder by Mormons, right? Is that what it's
1: called? I think so. That one looks really interesting. Hold on, I put it on my coming soon, like to watch. I think it. I saw murder like among the Murder Among the
0: Mormons. Yes. I freaking can't wait for that. Two subjects I'd definitely like to discuss. So um, I'll, I'll have to remind. Uh, I'll have to go find her, but there's this girl on TikTok that I follow that she's what she calls herself an exmo, which is an ex-Mormon. Oh, okay. She talks about her experience being in the Mormon church, the Mormon community, and how she got out of that situation or out of that environment and how she's helping other people get out of that environment as well. So, to her, it was a toxic environment. And... You know, religion's a finicky thing because it, it, I think, um, with any religion, it has the potential to turn into something unhealthy. So, yeah, you know, it's, for her, it was not something that was, um, giving her any positivity in her life and it wasn't anything that was helping her. So she got out of that situation and she's helping other people who is not healthy for them to get out of the situation. But I am interested to see this murder aspect because I did not know it went that far.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll be interested to see if it's kind of like um. What was the one they did on the Catholic Church? The one with the, with the nuns, the keepers. Oh yeah, I'll yeah. I'll be interested to see if it's something like that. And it's not to slam on Mormonism or anything like no. that. No. Every religion has their seedy, dark underbelly, so.
0: Right. Yeah. No. It's just the way it is
1: when it comes to power in general. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's exclusive to religions.
0: Can I tell you, I learned about Mormons, like, first ever in my life from South Park.
1: From the episode about religion when they were, like, they That's, all do, like, in-hell orientation.
0: Yep. That's why I really, really, if I ever, ever, ever get the chance to watch the the Book of Mormon on Broadway.
1: I haven't ever seen it, but Jake said it's excellent.
0: I, I've, I've listened to the track, and I, oh my god, I would die to get seats at Book of Mormon. No, I love that episode of South Park where he's like, um, question. So uh, who got it right? And they're
1: like, oh, that would be the Mormons. And they're like, oh, yeah, the Mormons. (laughs) I think it's so funny. (laughs) No one is safe in South Park. So when we left off with Scott Peterson, which apparently you guys are just as invested in this as us, are you ready to be done with it too? Um, (laughs) so when we left off with Scott Peterson, Lacey and Connor's bodies had just been found.
0: Yes. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the state of their bodies when they were found. So on April 13th, to give you an idea of the location where they, where their bodies were found, this was off a cliff nearby a marina dog park. And so people were walking by all day, and some of the people, because the tide was so low, were letting their dogs go down the rocks, down the embankment to, you know, near the water's edge. And some owner, or saw that their dog was interested in something, realized that it looked like a baby. And you got to remember, this is back 2003, so not everyone has cell phones, so he ran by to a nearby house and had someone call 911 to to report this that they that they had found something. So the police came out, they secured the area and at this point, of course, they didn't know for sure that it was baby Connor, but they knew that it was a baby. It was in a bad state of decomposition. It had all of its limbs, it was a full baby. It had Not an injury, but he his insides? Yeah, he was disemboweled. Disemboweled. But all of his limbs were there. And the next day, down about a mile away, I believe, Mm -hmm. same situation. Tide was slow. It was early in the morning. Again, it was dog walkers because the dogs went down to the rocks and were walking along there with um, the owners walking up top. And... The owners of the dog saw the dog again. Another dog was interested in something and just wouldn't call, wouldn't come, wouldn't come. So they went down there and the lady who found the remains of who we now know as Lacey was in school to be a physical therapist at some point. So she knew the body and even though it wasn't a full body, she recognized that it was a torso that it was a human or human remains. So she again she went up and called the police. They secured the area. The police department flew overhead so mm-hmm. they can take aerial shots. They also hired a helicopter that came through and did aerial shots just to it's a unique situation to find someone
1: washed up on the washed San Francisco. Up. Right? Yeah.
0: So They had to get as much evidence as they could. There's infamous pictures where they covered the body right away because as soon as the media got a wind of this, of course they wanted to go get their money shot. So they covered the evidence that they had there. The torso, the female torso that they found was headless, Mm -hmm. armless, footless for sure, and the right leg had a femur attached, but no tissue on that femur. The experts, the, the autopsy and DNA results confirmed about a week later that it was Lacey. And with DNA evidence, they could for sure tie the baby's remains to Lacey. So they confirmed that was that would have been Connor. There was no head on Lacey's body. And all of the limbs, uh, how they were separated, the coroner said that it was one of two things. It was either... A very, very skilled person who left no tool marks or it would have been from, as a result of it being weighed down in these four limbs and because of the state of decomposition, the tissue got softer and the currents ripped the body away from where it was being weighed down. Yeah. The coroner could not say for certain, and this was a big point in trial, No one could say for certain whether the baby was born alive. If it ever had a breath because of how Lacey's body was, they believe she had a coffin birth. I had to look this up because I did not know what it was other than it sounded really morbid. Mm -hmm. But it's when a pregnant woman is deceased Mm -hmm. and the body, the, stomach cavity fills up with gases and the gases expel expel the baby through the skin on top of the stomach so it was not a vaginal birth there is no evidence that she ever had a vaginal birth and then also how her stomach was for lack of a better term erupted mm-hmm. there was no tool marks so there was no evidence that this baby was forcefully taken out by a human person there was no liquid in the baby's lungs no marine life mm-hmm. on its stomach or lungs which would prove that the baby never had a, a breath sorry i need to <laughs> take a breath after that, that was, that's that's hard information i know it's it's a baby and i know it's an unfortunate end to how all this was building up. Right.
1: Because of like the state of decomposition on um, Connor's body. Oh gosh. It's so contradictory. Nobody can say anything versus like for sure where he was. So the, just to give you guys an idea when all of this went to trial, the prosecution said that Connor died on December 24th. The defense said that Connor died on December 29th. And what it really came down to was his, the co- decomposition on his body basically indicated that he was dead before he went in the water, but th- he hadn't started decomp as much as you would assume. So the there is contradictory evidence about whether or not he was still in the womb when they went into the water because he hadn't decomped as much as you would think. People believe that he was actually in the womb for quite a bit of time while Lacey was already in the water. And that's what actually saved him from decomp. But the experts go back and forth on this about whether or not that's true. Some believe that he was actually handled outside of the womb before he went into the water. Some don't. And where this becomes important and why this became such a hot topic during the trial is because they were going for murder charges with Connor. And in the state of California, for him to be tried for the murder of Connor, he had to be, quote unquote, alive. Alive. He yeah. couldn't, there was back and forth about him being a fetus versus being a baby and what you could term that in the court of law and everything like that. And so for Scott to be tried for the murder of Connor, he had to have taken a breath outside the womb. And nobody could determine definitively whether or not this had happened.
0: So I'm going to read a an excerpt of the book that I read. is called a, De- a Deadly Game, which is by Catherine Cryer. She's a Court TV host. And this is way back into the back of the book, but Dr. Peterson, which is the coroner that did the autopsy, he was unable to, and I'm just going to read it and then we can talk about it. So it says, Dr. Peterson was unable to determine whether the umbilical cord only half a centimeter long and was ragged on one end had been tied or if it had been simply detached in the water. The decomposition also prevented him from concluding whether the fetus had actually gone through the birthing process. He did, however, find evidence of meconium in the body, indicating that the bo- that the baby had most likely not been born alive. Meconium, which I didn't know what this was, is a substance that accumulates in a fetus's lower intestine and in utero. In 95% of life births, a baby expels the meconium within 24 hours after he or she is born. Baby Connor still had this in his body, so... Mm-hmm. I'm no expert, but based on this, it says that you know had he been born alive, his body would have naturally expelled that. Yeah. So, like you said, I think naturally the the mother's body protected the baby as long as it could.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, they disappeared December twenty fourth, two thousand two. And they weren't found the baby and Lacey till April thirteenth and April fourteenth two thousand three. So four months, mm-hmm. uh, almost four months later. Not f- like three and a half months later, maybe. So I didn't read anything on it as far as anyone doing any tests or showing any evidence on like how long or what states of decomposition a body would have in the water for so long. Mm-hmm. I think that both sides of the defense and the the prosecution could have done some studies or could have had an expert come in and say, hey, here's what a body looks like in salt water after a month. Here's what it looks like after two months, three months, to help build a timeline. Because at the end of the day, you know, why there's some speculations is that if Scott did it, we, you know, everyone thinks he would have done it the morning of the 24th. Mm -hmm. But if someone else did this or carried this on, and one of the theories out there is that if someone was watching the news, had Lacey at another location mm-hmm. that wasn't Scott, they knew that they had the marina on on their radar and they didn't know what to do with Lacey and the baby. Did they go dump them there to make it look like it was Scott? Right. Yeah, but that's so, the
1: difference of five days approximately. So the, so the timeline is that... The, the experts, mm-hmm. if you will, say it was either the 24th or the 29th, which I'm kind of like, how in the world did you... I want to know how they nailed it down to those dates. I Because that's such a small time frame that I can't imagine that there's a lot of scientific mm-hmm. differentiation between the two dates. I don't know. The, what's interesting about Lacey's body, though, is that, you know, with obviously, like, things being severed in certain ways, mm-hmm. things are going to come out of said body. Right. So she was actually missing organs, but she was not missing her uterus. Her uterus right. was still intact when they found her, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's interesting to me that the uterus would stay intact. Also, it kind of throws away the theory that it would be like a botched...
0: Mm, the um, kidnapping situation the where they want to take it. the baby.
1: Yeah, like a botched C-section, like mm-hmm. something like that could actually damage or like the uterus could potentially be right. impacted by that.
0: So, the bodies were found, and then while they were found, Scott was living in San Diego with his sister. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we're coming up on his arrest now, right?
1: Yes. So, four days later, Scott is driving to um, what he says is to go golfing with his brother and believes that he is being followed by paparazzi and begins driving erratically to try and avoid them. Yeah. What the police say is that he begins driving erratically to try and avoid them as he's making an escape and heading for the border. Right. So take what you will of it, although Scott did call his brother and talk to his brother on the phone, which they have his phone wiretapped at this point. Mm-hmm. So he does talk to his brother and say, I'm being followed. I'm going to try and lose them, but I'm not going to come because I don't want all of this to be photographed and everything like that.
0: So as much as yeah. they
1: say he was heading for the border... He literally had a conversation with his brother to say, like, change of plans. I'm not going to come because I'm being followed.
0: He'd also talked to his dad that day. And I really wanted to bring this up because I think if, if nothing, it's at least interesting. Yeah. He told his dad that he was, before he talked to his brother about canceling, he talked to his dad about thinking about going down to the club to play golf because he wanted to relax a little bit. But he then said, I quote to his dad, I don't know if I'm pulling an OJ by being at the club or not referencing when oj said that he was looking for the real killer but really he was out playing golf
1: yeah that's that's a dark joke to make yeah people have you know and people... mind you this is when they would
0: found the bodies they hadn't confirmed it was Lacey and con and connor yeah. but hello you lost a wife and a baby four days ago <laughs> they found a body of a woman and a baby yeah like People people make I, dark jokes though. People
1: handle things with humor otherwise it drives you crazy. So like I think it's inappropriate but at the same time No, so like I said it's if not nothing. It's that, not
0: saying he killed her. He's not he's not saying I killed her. Oh shit, they found the bodies. Yeah. But if, if but if OJ was hella is, guilty. So If this case has taught as anything is that we're judging him on his behavior. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his behavior is hella sketch. Yeah. His, I mean, there, yes, there is what some use as a defense mechanism. I know that I do. I laugh when I'm nervous or when, you know, at inappropriate times. I make
1: very inappropriate jokes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We do what
0: we do. We have a true crime podcast and we we have some weird facts that we can throw out. But there's a time to be joking and you know trying to make light and see the silver lining and things and hold out hope like oh my wife is gonna be okay we're gonna i'm gonna joke about how i'm gonna give her a hard time if she if she pops back up whatever but you don't for me it just (laughs) again it's not a smoking gun but his behavior you don't make a joke like that when this (laughs) they found a body but did he know
1: Did he know they'd found her? Yes. He did know. Yes. Even though they hadn't identified her yet. Yes.
0: Because it was all over the news. His mom, he and his mom had talked about it. And this is, again, one of those conversations when she's like, hope it's not Lacey and Connor, but deny, deny, deny. So he was well aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, again, might be a nothing, but.
1: I thought it was interesting. (laughs) So when he's pulled over in his car, he had camping gear, four cell phones, his brother's ID, which he said he was bringing to his brother. He had $15,000 in cash, hiking boots, a shovel, 12 Viagra, and a picture of him and Lacey. His hair is dyed blonde. He also has some facial hair action going on Mm -hmm. that also is dyed in this like blondish color, if you will.
0: Like home dye job. Yeah. Yeah. Home bleach job. Yeah. not He didn't tone it. It's orange. Listen. Okay. First of all. (laughs) I've been through it. I know what he's missing.
1: It's 2003. Okay. We were all doing (laughs) DIY bleach projects because Holla and Sink, you all inspired us. Okay. Yeah. We didn't know that toner was a thing. So the media picks up the story. The story that unfolds is that Scott is arrested, fleeing to Mexico.
0: So I will say this. They had... I'm not they didn't let him go into Mexico, but between December and this April date, he had gone to Mexico. They did trail him. One of the detectives got on the plane incognito and followed him all throughout Mexico and confirmed that he was there for business dealings. Yeah. So, so he uncommon. had been. They didn't take away his passport. Again, he hadn't been arrested or anything at this point between those times. So him going into Mexico for business was not out of the norm, right? And that's where one of his bosses was located, too, right? So, but this also whole like escaping to Mexico. I don't like how the media I don't put like that, that either because but he also wasn't crossing the border. like no.
1: there is no evidence no. that he actually was fleeing for Mexico. The other thing that's worth noting is that Scott, this bleached look or whatever that Scott had, this is not a disguise to hide from the police. He had actually met with police with bleached hair. Like they knew that. Yes. Oh, they knew this was what he looked like. He'd had conversations with them and had actually gone into the precinct precinct looking like this. He said that he bleached out his hair. So he would be less recognizable by the the paparazzi. That's right. Paparazzi. He did say Um, that. So he was trying to like disguise himself from the media. A couple things worth noting too is the things in his car. The story that he has told is that the cell phones are for work. His brother's ID, he was returning to him when he went to the golf course that he'd left it in his car and was returning it to him. The $15,000 in cash supposedly was money that his mom had borrowed from him for something and she had paid him back and he hadn't had a chance to get to the bank to deposit it yet. Cause it was a holiday weekend. The camping gear and the hiking boots and the shovel and the Viagra, that I can't explain. That,
0: no. <laughs> there was also a knife that they found in there, and it wasn't until they dug into it deeper. Um, he left the rental car, actually, at his sister's house, and he used—he was using a smaller car that he had just bought mm-hmm. from someone. Uh, like, literally, a just bought. And there was a knife in the side driver's door pocket. Yeah. And the defense actually found the previous owner and confirmed that the owner had just forgotten that there, but of course that didn't come out till court, right? So the media media, was like, he had a knife, right? Yeah. So it was like a Bowie knife that was on the driver's side door, and they were trying to say that it was his. Um, I don't think that was ever rescinded from the media saying Mm -hmm. it's not his. But it came out in court that the previous owner said, absolutely, that's mine. And he also confirmed in court that nothing else in the car was his but that knife. He just was cleaning out the car before selling it, and he'd forgotten that on the driver's side door.
1: Yeah. And I'm sorry. Um, he actually had his brother's ID because he was yes. trying to get a discount at the golf course they were going to, apparently. I don't know if his brother had like a military ID or something like that, but his brother had an ID that would have gotten him, him a discount at the golf course.
0: That's his story. That's his
1: story. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He did look like his brother with the bleach blonde hair,
1: though. But I'm kind of like, what was your brother using to get into the golf course then if you had his ID? Well,
0: they probably already knew him. Yeah. Or if he was escaping to Mexico, because I don't know if I don't know what our extradition laws are with Mexico, or at least he would maybe with all that money, he would at least disappear for a while maybe he was looking to pass as his brother just a theory in mexico with that id and not have to pop up the name scott peterson anywhere he would pop up as his brother
1: i'm not saying that he wasn't fleeing i just don't think he was going to mexico i think that that was some journalistic story that was created or whatever like cuz he he has his id he doesn't have a passport
0: no but you can go into the into mexico it's 2002 things are easier then true yeah but this was back in the day. Now you need the passport card or the passport. So right. things are totally different. But if you're if you say you're just going in for the day that you're going into right across the bordering towns, then that's it. They just let you in and let you back out.
1: I would say though, if he's fleeing from Mexico, he's underpacked. Like I would not just... with
0: fifteen thousand dollars, you know how much that would give you in Mexico? True,
1: but I think you would at least have food. Like you would at least have some like some type of food to get.
0: You. Oh, he gets his food. So once they arrest them though, they're making the big drive back to Modesto. Yeah, and the cop is hungry. Well, yeah, then he gets food, but he doesn't have and it and going there. He pulls there. into In and Out, and this motherfucker asked for a double double and fries animal style, which is also my order. But fuck him, you just got arrested for murder. And yeah, you're hungry? I would
1: be. I'm well. I'm an emotional starver, so that doesn't totally appeal to me. I wouldn't eat if I were in that situation, but. Apparently, I wouldn't eat in
0: that situation. Apparently Scott does. I would say some water is good. He was
1: probably like, listen, this is probably going to be my last meal for a while. Better make it I count. I think
0: he knew that. Better so. make it count. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he got a shake, too. Just if you're wondering.
1: I was wondering. Moral of the story is that Scott Peterson is arrested. Yep. And was he charged with two counts of murder right off the bat? I think so. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought, too. So... Everyone begins building their case. The trial is moved to Redwood, California, which is about fifty miles away from Modesto.
0: Yeah, which is also a very controversial thing. Because not, that they, not only that they moved it, but that they didn't move it far enough away.
1: Well, and Redwood, California, has like a big media hub. Yeah. So, like, the media was even more prominent in Redwood than it was in Modesto as far as, like, media
0: coverage of this kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. it actually ended up being worse. Right. I know it was the hub for one of the radio stations that put up a billboard that said, what does it say, Monster or... Like a, innocent or monster or something like that. And I think it said something like
1: guilty or I don't remember what it was. But yeah, yeah they
0: put up and it was right outside the courthouse. Exactly. So you literally
1: walked out the courthouse and there's this big poster implying for, you know, all intents and purposes that Scott Peterson's guilty. Right. How does that not taint your jury?
0: Right. And that's one of the things on, on this case that the the jury selection, the... Just the saturation that was in the location for the jury, it was inevitable that they were going to see stuff that could sway their decision. Right. More than what would be presented to them in court. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, they were in a place where even if they had they been sequestered, they would have been able to see stuff either on newspapers or on TV in the radio, it was all over the place, and because it was such a, you know, it's a small town type of thing, and it was a, this, literally this the, the city over.
1: Right. So, we'll talk about jury selection for a little bit. So, um, the jury that they did pick, um, they dismissed anyone that was against the death penalty. Now, this is not supposed to happen, Um, If you're asking people whether or not they are for or against the death penalty, you're not supposed to dismiss people based Mm -hmm. on their feelings about the death penalty. It's how they would be asked to apply the penalty if it were used in this case. So the people that were dismissed that were against the death penalty, they should have been asked even if they're against the death penalty, could they apply that in this case if the person is found guilty? The judge didn't do that. And so everybody that was against the death penalty was dismissed, which means you have a jury that is all gun-ho capital punishment, which is a, yep. it doesn't allow for a very diverse
0: opinion. Like there's yeah. there's no opinions of someone because sometimes a jury, all it takes is one person that's not of that mindset to bring forth an opinion that could sway an entire jury. So, you know, everyone was of the same mindset, which I don't think it's fair for anyone.
1: Right. As Fatina said, the jury wasn't uh, sequestered during this trial, which I'm just like, (sighs)
0: What? <laughs> Especially something of this caliber. Come on. Yeah.
1: And the jury did admit to googling the tri- yep. googling during the trial, which immediately taints it based on media bias. Like that's just not allowed in any way shape mm-hmm. or form and yet it happened here. Right. Um and it did uh, it's against the law for jurors to actually listen to news or research cases independently, but they admitted to doing it.
0: Right. So, I mean, the theory with any jury, and and I don't know if it is like this in every country, but at least in the U.S., guys, the idea is that the jury is selected as a blank piece of paper, and whatever is presented in court is the evidence that they can use to make their decision. Right. Not anything else that they would have gone and researched themselves. Right. Because if it didn't make it through the process to be presented as evidence, then it's not something that can be used, period. And so some jurors did get dismissed, and that was another thing in this trial, that I think there was three total jurors that got dismissed for one reason or another. I
1: I know it was something outrageous. It was a
0: high count that does not normally happen. There is a backup jury that is sitting in the trial as well, just in case someone needs to... Be dismissed. Usually, people get dismissed because they need to go back to work and their work needs them, or you know they have a family issue that they can't attend the the court anymore. Or there
1: truly was somebody that was tainted by something or another. Like right, exactly. Find out that they.
0: So I know one of them was dismissed because there was this huge controversy that one of the days of the trial he walked in just coincidentally at the same time as walked into the courtroom, walked into the courthouse and they had to stop and go through the metal detectors and whatnot. And they had some kind of exchange. The jury talked to, it was Lacey's brother or something. And he said like, it's okay. We're going to, we're going to get like vengeance for you or something. Mm. So the moment that he said that, and it was caught on video because the news people are there around the clock Although it wasn't against the rules, he was now tainted. Yeah, well, and it- he said we're gonna get him for you. Which is a
1: pretty good bias, right? There, right, but
0: okay. without all the evidence being presented, their mid-trial, this trial took what two months or something? Oh God, I don't even. It was remember. something it was ridiculous. Something, yeah,
1: it was pretty. It was, it a was pretty, pretty long trial. lengthy.
0: Yeah. So without all the evidence being presented, the fact that this juror went out of his way and even just in passing in like a you know they weren't having a full on conversation said something about the guilt already being determined they had to dismiss him yeah so they brought on another juror and then there was another juror that like you said went home and googled stuff mm-hmm. and then admitted to it or just said it in passing during one of their breaks had to get dismissed so yeah. there was um at some point and i think this is what they're bringing up in the in the appeal now yeah
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is one of the things that's been brought up is that, like,
0: basically, like, the jury
1: the, the jury thing alone is just, like, such a mess. Like, where do you want to start? All the things right. that, like, the jury was allowed to do or things that happened during sh- jury selection or things like that that just should not have happened. Right. And that is one of, yeah, they did cite based on jury selection, high turnover during the trial, lots of jury misconduct, blah, blah, blah. That's all things that are s- decided. decided in the, for the appeal. Yeah, in the appeal. hmm Yep.
0: Um, as far as the court proceedings go, there is some evidence that was presented that we've talked about already. And there is some things that were never brought into trial. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Same question for some things that were allowed into trial. And I'm like, why was that allowed into trial? Or things that never made it into... (sighs) Oh God! There's just so much. So I'll start with the big points. So some of the things that were allowed into trial that I'm like, why was that allowed into trial? But I think it was the prosecutor's method of showing character, just like we're discussing the character and how we, you know, they believe the character and his behavior is what made him seem guilty. So they allowed into court are looking to. So the defense is basically like.
1: You're not gonna like him. He sucks as a husband. Yeah. He's just like a shit person, mm-hmm. but he's not a murderer. Mm-hmm. And so the prosecution now has to say, yes, you're not gonna like him. Yes, he is a crappy husband. And that's what makes him a murderer. Exactly. Yes.
0: Yes. So the prosecution was allowed to bring this next piece into court, which was when they did his phone taps. Mm-hmm. They brought into court that a couple days after Lacey went missing, he ordered the Playboy channel for his house. Uh-huh. About 10 or 12 days after that, he canceled the Playboy channel and called Dish and asked them to add the Hardcore Porn channel. Let me upgrade Which was, <laughs> right, which was 12 channels of Hardcore Porn. So... Can you... So to me, not to this like is shame weird. or
1: anything like that, but can you imagine calling your cable provider and be like, "Listen, Playboy Channel is just not cutting it for right? me." So like, do you have anything that
0: is like more my speed? Yeah. Can you like upgrade that rougher, for me? A little pull hair. Okay, yeah. so that in and of itself does not say, "Oh my God, you're a murderer," because all of America would be full of murderers. Well, we kind of are, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like One out of every two households would have a murderer, so. But they put this into evidence, this almost anecdotal thing, just to say, look at him. He's being a crappy husband. That killed his wife. Have done done this. this. Right. Right. And they think that that shows that he's thinking, Lacey's not coming back, so I'm going to have fun. Yeah,
1: he doesn't feel any feelings about her being gone. Yeah.
0: Because... You know, they said his, you know, her family, his family, they all say like, well, no, Lacey would not have approved that. So right. they're making they what they did that was to make the jury feel like, would an innocent person do this? Mm-hmm. Knowing that their wife would not like to find that if she were to come back. Mm hmm. So that was just one of the pieces of information that is super (laughs) circumstantial.
1: Listen, if I had been kidnapped and actually, like, made it out and came back, I wouldn't be checking the cable bill to see if my husband watched (laughs) porn while I was gone. Like, that wouldn't be, like, the top of my, like, better check and see what he was doing in December to make sure that he was mourning me correctly.
0: (laughs) While I was reading this, though, I almost wanted to, like, ask the, you know, if, if I was, like, an advisor to the prosecution, I'd be like... It's gross, but let's find out what he was watching. Because if he was watching, like, kidnapped women in hardcore porn or whatever, or, you know, pregnant women, you know, whatever have you, Mm -hmm. like, Red Room kind of shit, then that might be a better thing to present. So what you're
1: saying is tie it back. Right. Like, tie it back and make it relevant. Right. Yeah. Versus just being like, by the way, he ordered porn. Look at what a shit. Right. Like, we already know he's a crappy husband. Right. He had an affair while his wife was getting ready to pop. Like if
0: They would ma- have made it something, you know, more relevant. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he's watching these pseudo kidnapping, hardcore porn videos. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, you know, or was he watching this before? And then he finally lived out his fantasy type of thing. That's different. Mm -hmm. But no, I don't think that him watching porn makes him guilty. Right. So
1: a couple more things that just want to touch on really quick. So the prosecution, the case that they laid out said that Lacey was killed on December 23rd and Scott disposed of the body on December 24th. Now the defense kind of blew that one to pieces based on the computer history search. So the prosecution called up an expert on Scott's computer search history And when the defense cross-examined, they said, you know, well, what did you find on the home computer? Funny enough, what was found on the home computer never really made it into any, like, investigative report. But there was stuff found on the home computer, and that's when it showed that somebody had been online at 8.40 in the morning on December 24th looking at things like a sunflower umbrella and a scarf from Gap. And basically what the defense says is, like, that's Lacey. That's Lacey doing a computer search and you said that she was dead on the 23rd. There's no way she could have done this on the 24th. And no one like really, ever really comes back and explains like is there a different timeline then? Like does that timeline not add up? The prosecution just like, "Oh well," and just kind of like moves on yeah. even though their timelines kind of blown to pieces. We'd already talked about the dogs on last episode, the cadaver dogs that were brought in. Those that should have never been admitted into evidence because they had failed their tracking certification and they had to go out three different times before the dogs positively ID'd any scent. Yeah. yeah. So that never should have been admitted. And then the other thing that I wanted to talk about was the boat itself. Mm, um, yeah. The boat, the defense tried to submit into evidence proof that you couldn't throw <laughs> 150 pounds over the side of the boat without it capsizing.
0: How did they do this, Mackenzie? <laughs> so what they did <laughs> is
1: they actually tried to do that. They yeah. took out a boat that is basically the same boat that Scott had. And they had a 150 pound sack Sack that was approximately the size of and weight of what Lacey would have been at that time. They tried to take that sack and throw it overboard.
0: Try is a really strong word. Have you seen this video of this it's, Butterfingers trying to do this? I mean, I don't know he's the... Like,
1: <laughs> and again, it's 150 pounds dead weight. I don't know. But
0: this guy's sitting there is like, is not, oh, do-do-do-do-do. I'm going to throw... Oh, oops, I'm going to fall into the water, too. <laughs> he's being such a...
1: Yeah, he's not... I mean, he's not the best. But... Oh. So what they find, though, is that after four attempts to throw this 150 pounds over the boat. They are not able to do it without capsizing the boat. And every single time the boat flips over and the, the demonstrator almost drowns himself twice. Yeah, because he
0: he's just... But you know why that is though, right? So this, again, this was not something that the prosecution was like, hold on. You can't say that. And, and it blows my mind that no one had the like state of mind to say this, but The conditions were not the same that day in the water as they did this test. Right. So the, and you can see it because it's a, it's it's a whole YouTube page. It's called like Defense of Scott Peterson. Well, it's a completely
1: different time of year. Right.
0: The waters are super choppy. They're like at least a level two type situation going on. As far as we know, as far as everyone else, else is concerned, December would have been a much calmer time of year. It wouldn't have been as choppy waters yeah. at all. So, but yeah, I think of course this guy's going to fall over every time. Right.
1: I think what's interesting, though, is that, like, the judge rules this as too inflammatory, which I was like... Weird. Huh? Like, that's the reason that it can't be admitted in? Yeah. But I'm, I think it shows a certain type of bias where, like, that doesn't make it in, but your failed cadaver dogs do. Hmm. where that's allowed. I think it just shows a little bit of a bias towards the defense and, or the prosecution in this case.
0: I don't they're... think that if it had been shown, though... See, here's me thinking like positively that one of the jury would have been like, are those the same conditions? Because the jury can come back and ask questions, right? But I don't think that anyone would have asked because they were already tainted, but... You know, are those the same conditions? Are those the exact same measurements of the boat? You know, is it the same situation if it's a sack that's all concentrated in one area with the weight there, but or is see, it different when it's distributed?
1: But then they allow the jury to go out and view the boat on dry land. Yes, they and do. Get into the boat and all those different things and like move the boat around. Where I'm like, so, how is that? How is that okay? So
0: I, you know what's funny? I tagged that on the book with a bookmark that said "rocking the boat." <laughs> Because, so yeah, let's talk about that for a little bit. So part of the evidence, when the jury was doing their deliberations, this is when everything has been presented to them. Again, the jury can go back and ask questions, mm-hmm. review evidence, review any tapes or recordings that they want to, if they're having a discussion about a certain thing. And one of the things that they wanted to look at was at the boat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They had this boat in a storage room on the trailer like you said, on dry land. Mm-hmm. And the foreman and you know, the entire jury went out there with the with the cops. And they let two of the jury people not only everyone's looking at it, these two guys got into the boat, kind of like wide legged, started rocking back and forth because they wanted to see how stable it was. These are not by any means the same circumstances as the boat being in water yeah so what's odd about this is that just like a jury can't go a jury member can't go home and google something because they're gonna find the evidence that they want to find they can't make their own experiments yeah they can't do their own they're not
1: experts because what what this person could do you get the right person. They're going to be like, well, I was in that boat. And when I pushed it and blah, 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 this right. is what I'd notice. And it's exactly. Oh. And that just immediately, it gives them preconceived ideas that they stick to.
0: Right. And someone could just be hard-headed and be like, no, I was on that boat, and it was stable as hell. Yeah. Or someone could be like, I was on that boat, and yes, it could have tipped over, so I don't think this way. So, yeah, they were they were allowed to do their own experiments. And when this was brought up to the judge, believe it or not, the judge said, we're kind of late into this. Like, really, we would have to start a whole new trial if we, if we throw this out right now. Which is just bananas to me. Which... Should have been. It should have been all... Like, to begin with, the jury should not have been allowed to jump on that boat on the trailer. No. Hey. So... So there's that. Because they didn't want to go through a trial again, yeah. which is another thing on the appeal.
1: Because we didn't want to inconvenience
0: anyone. Right. Um, they didn't want to cost taxpayers money. Trust me. I'm paying my taxes. I'd Spend rather the do, money. Well, yeah, like, I'd rather do
1: it now than at some point down the road when we have to do an appeal. Shit,
0: I'll go be the prosecution. <laughs> Spend my money. But no, honestly, I... I don't think it's fair for anyone to... Have a jury go conduct their own experiments and ha- and draw their own conclusions off no. of something when they're not experts. No, even if someone that's was that's why a, we bring in experts. Even if someone was a lifetime fisherman, had been on boats their entire life, and was on the jury and did that, still not an expert. No, nope.
1: we didn't call you as a witness, sir.
0: Right. So I agree. So uh, they drew they drew their own conclusions from being on that boat. You know I'm what's sure. interesting though is that because guess what that boat's not going to tip over while it's on a trailer. Yeah. So maybe that those two juries mm-hmm. members were like, nope, that boat's stable. Could definitely have done it from here.
1: Well, and the defense does a pretty good job in holding their own and poking enough holes in different things and saying like this doesn't mean this, and you're misinterpreting this, and this is how you're doing this. That the defense is actually pretty strong. Hold, one could argue winning the case until Amber Fry gets introduced. Oh, absolutely. And everything after Amber Fry and the videos or the voice recordings and everything of him you know, being at a candlelight vigil for his Mm -hmm. missing wife, but calling her and saying he's at the Atfield Tower and he's thinking of her. Like the jury just cannot see past that. And this is where things kind of like fall apart as far as like the defense goes. And then they kind of like fall flat on their closing. And they're like, basically like Scott didn't do it. And the prosecution doesn't have any physical evidence. So you can't convict them on physical evidence. And the prosecutors get up there and they're like, Okay, you're right. We don't have any physical evidence, but he's acting really, really sketchy. But also look at this photo of Lacey by herself at a Christmas party, seven months pregnant. And on that same night, here's a photo of Scott with his mistress. And what a shitty husband he is. Draw your own conclusions. (laughs) And the jury's like, he did it.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going to read the closing statement from the defense because it's shitty.
1: Oh, no, it's horrible. It's horrible. They, like, completely fall flat. They were ahead, and then it's like those tapes got in and everything was rattled. So
0: credit where credit's due. Again, this is a a paragraph from A Deadly Game by Catherine Cryer because, you know, I don't want to get copyrighted. Anyway, so it says, he began with a question as he gestured at Scott. I just want to go over to my client here and ask if you hate him. We've heard four hours of this guy is the biggest jerk to walk the face of the earth the biggest liar to ever walk the face of the earth, and you should hate him, because if you hate him, you'll convict him. Within one hour, one hour, the police decided that he was the person who had done this. He said, this turns traditional police work on its head. They've come up with him, and now they try to fit the facts to him. I'm not asking you to nominate Scott as husband of the year, but I tell you, on most accounts, he treated Lacey with respect, he cheated on her, and he's a 14 karat gold asshole for doing it, but he had a relationship, by all accounts, that was working.
1: Uh...
0: So, I think that the stark reality is that this guy is a guy who literally got caught with his pants down and he fully expected Lacey to come home. When you took an oath here, the judge will tell you you're supposed to examine the facts, the evidence, and come to an opinion based on the facts and the evidence, not emotion. The fact is, there is no evidence that Scott Peterson was involved in this crime. If you are swept up in the feeling of these emotions that I don't like Scott Peterson, you have to set those things aside. The fact of the matter is, beyond any reasonable doubt, Scott Peterson didn't have anything to do with this. We ask you to return a verdict of non-guilty in this case.
1: All I'm thinking about now is how much I hate Scott Peterson. He's not, I mean, he's not wrong. That's the thing is in his closing, he's not wrong. There is no, you have not proven to me beyond a reasonable doubt that he's guilty. There is no forensic evidence that is a shooting gun, smoking gun that says that he did it. However, you spent so much time talking about him cheating on his wife and everything like that, that all I'm thinking about now is how much he sucks. Yeah. And I hate
0: him. You, so, here's he'll Mary, though.
1: Yeah. He really should have drove home the point, though, that there was no evidence. The defense should have harped on the fact, though, that there more, that there was no evidence rather than that he's a cheater and he sucks.
0: Right. Because the emotional part, we know the prosecution tugged at those strings and they tugged hard. Yeah. So, try to pull them back. Yeah. Try to pull them back. Don't
1: remind them of the fact exactly. that he sucks. Point out the good things about him. You mentioned that as a blip on the thing, and yes, you do need to look past this because there is no this, there is no that. There is nothing that is saying this and that, you know? I just... Wait, what are the good things? I mean, I'm sure there's something.
0: Uh, That the defense should have dug up because we can't think of any, but okay.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying, like, that's that's what we pay you money for. Like, there should have been, like you know he's close with his family and he had these thriving businesses and like he had gone with Lacey mm, to her he did not
0: have thriving businesses he had financial issues in all of them
1: okay well fine then he
0: <clears throat> he went with her to her doctor's
1: appointment i mean i i haven't fact checked this but i do believe he paid her insurance after she went missing like paid her health insurance after she went missing like things like that that like you could really say like this is You're not going to go to this and hang up floating shelves in the nursery a week before you plan on killing your wife. Like,
0: well, why not? If you're smart, this guy's not stupid. Because I think if he was stupid, he would have gotten caught with a smoking gun in hand. Yeah. He's not stupid. I'll lay that out there. But he's not dumb. You still, as the
1: defense, you highlight these things as redeeming qualities. Or don't fixate on all of the bad. I don't so think much. there's that
0: many redeeming qualities. If anything, as 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 a prosecutor, I would say this is a calculative. These are calculative moves that he is doing because he, to some extent, premeditated. He. I know that there's some accounts, and, and you know, there's nothing proof. He's never said on recording, "I don't want children." But a lot of people say Scott didn't want children. You know and Scott wasn't good with children and I know his sister said that like she held her uh, he held her baby and was like I don't want to hold the baby give me the baby away from me like I don't want this and like I the mean. year before was like someone asked him and it's on video like don't you want kids he's like I don't know no. How would...
1: You, like, I just think that they oh, really... Oh, I just can't
0: find any redeeming qualities. So think, <laughs> that's your job if you want to defend yeah, him on that. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, but that's where I would have... I would not have focused on those, like, how much he sucked as a human so much as I would have focused on the lack of evidence. And I just think they spent so sure. much time talking about, like, he sucks and, yeah, he's scum and he cheated on his husband and 14 carat... Or he cheated on his wife and 14 carat... Whatever that f- reference was or whatever. Like... <sighs> Yeah. Narrow that down to like a sentence and then move on.
0: As, as far as the defense goes, in any defense, if an attorney doesn't do that for you, where they try to flip what the prosecution is saying mm-hmm. so the jury can hear it, they're not doing a good job for you. Right. And so they didn't do a good job for him in that, in that situation. And
1: yeah, I can see where he had a leg to stand on as far as filing an appeal.
0: Yeah, sure, technically. Yeah. Right, and that's what it comes down to because there's no, you know, professed killer. Otherwise, we know that there was that one person who was um, arrested that was alluding to the woman in Modesto that was pregnant and they had to take care of her. But there is also no other confessed killer that's saying, well, you've got the wrong man in jail. So... You know, what's interesting, though, is that the officer that reported
1: that that phone... Uh-huh. that phone call or whatever yeah when he was when they went to re-interview him for the appeal yeah the first of all the recording's missing now no way missing uh. and he's retired now this officer and uh-huh. he's like i don't want i don't want to be a part of it like he won't say a word about it anymore yeah which i'm like he felt like he needed to report it at the time and now all of a sudden he's gone quiet why weird yeah that is super odd So they find him guilty of first-degree murder of Lacey and second-degree murder of Connor and sentence him to death. Yes. Death penalty was overturned on August 24th of 2020, so just last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was due to jury selection and that there were mistakes made that prevented any type of impartial selection. So the death penalty part has already been overturned, but the appeal as far as the conviction has not been decided on. So he won't be put to death at this point.
0: Right. So he's just a lifer. For now, yes. Right. Here's an interesting thing. I know that you talked about the women in Modesto that... Went missing. Went missing up until this point had been, to a certain extent, like constantly gone missing. Or there was a pattern Mm -hmm. of pregnant women going missing. Yeah. So back on December 28th, so just four days after we know Lacey's missing, there was a an officer that was contacted by a person who helps sexual abuse victims, a counselor. And she said that one of the patients that one of the patients that she just seen told her about a situation where she had been pulled into a van two weeks before December 24th. So still in December into a Brown van near that same area by her ex-girlfriend and then while in the van, she was raped by two men, two women. Oh, they also performed some sort of satanic ritual. And they mentioned that a Christmas Day death would be happening and that she would see it in the papers. Oh, that's interesting. So that was told to the prosecution. and Well, it was discovered by both ends of yeah. the party. Um, the defense team put up a reward to find that van. Yeah, The police tracked down the van. It was parked at a nearby park and they found four people in it, four occupants. They did not find any evidence to show that Lacey had been in that van at any time like hair, blood, etc. But so the four occupants are Mary Renfro, Donnie Renfro, Rayon Miranda and Sherry Miranda. On December 31st The police now finds out, in retrospect, that on December 31st, Deanna Renfro had pawned the same kind of watch that Lacey was last seen wearing. What?
1: I didn't know this. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It was
0: pawned for $20. Shit. If these people perpetrated the crime... They, this would have been seven days after Lacey went missing. It was a watch that couldn't be identified by like a serial number or anything. Yeah. So it wasn't hard evidence.
1: Right. It's just like the type of watch that you pick up at a Macy's, like. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So no one neither party used this as evidence. Of <sighs> course the prosecution's Gosh. not gonna use it because that goes off of their theory. But the defense could have used this to go off to another theory. Scott,
1: get better lawyers. <laughs> like, get yeah. better lawyers. You don't look into the people that saw Lacey out walking your dog. Well, you he don't ended up
0: with a public the... defender. You know this, right?
1: How? You have $15,000 in cash sitting they in your car. ran like, out of money. That's just bananas They
0: me. ran out of money. Start because... a GoFundMe.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to contribute, but no, start a GoFundMe. No, it sounds like you are. <laughs> but I'm like, Ew. I'm just... Like my mind is blown that like you don't interview the people that say they saw Lacey out walking your dog. You don't follow up on this lead. You don't look at more into the boat evidence. Like you don't you don't do anything right.
0: So and although Deanna Renfro, the person who pawned the watch, was not one of the two occupants, it's a family member of Mary Renfro and Donnie Renfro who were who were occupants of the brown van don't be suspicious don't be suspicious <laughs> for twenty dollars too so you know these are people that a are living out of a van so twenty dollars you know is a meal or so something interesting again these are just some some of the interesting interesting things that I found out about this case about his comings and goings and things that weren't presented into evidence um, it, it would have helped and it's not concrete evidence and it just would have helped build either a solid a more solid case about his behavior or help solve him i don't know you have your pick on what what these pieces of evidence would have done so um the first thing is that van thing and the watch thing Mm -hmm. you know do you think that would have helped obviously that might have fucking helped him
1: i think so Um, at least it at least plants doubt that's what I'm saying. It at least plants out whether doubt, or not right? you can prove it or not. It's enough
0: for me to go, hmm? but did he do it? Right. Which is all you need to do. Right. So on January 20th, which was a month after Lacey and Connor had uh, been missing, he did something odd. And again, this is just an odd thing that he re-listened to the message that he had left Lacey after leaving the marina.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He replayed it and saved it again. He replayed it and he saved it again. So he did that twice. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't presented in court, but my speculation is he is probably re-listening to it, making sure that he didn't fuck up and, like, let anything slip. Maybe. So that's just another thing that didn't make it into court. So something interesting that also didn't make it into court The media ran with it was that they looked into the potential involvement of Scott Peterson with the missing six-foot blonde Kristen Smart that was also going to Cali Paul Tech and went missing in 1996 while he was going to school. She Mm -hmm. was last seen with a man of his build, his looking like, looked into that. There wasn't much that came of it but uh, besides Amber Fry, Janet Isles, there was a couple other women that came forward that said that they had affairs with him while he was married with Lacey. They didn't come forward as far as, like, coming to court and whatnot because they have their own lives, and I don't know what their situation was as far as, like, maybe they were married or with someone, et cetera, or they just didn't want to be part of the spectacle. Another one of the theories that the prosecution didn't bring to court and i don't know if this was not allowed or they just didn't try it but back in 2000 and earlier 2002 like in march he was out in one of his business meet you know business out of town meetings and there was a lady who had been having a had had a fight with her husband so she went to the bar to drink by herself she happened to sit down by scott we know this about scott he's a flirty type of guy he's Mm -hmm. talking trying to talk to her he said to her, and I quote her, he said, he came straight out and said, you want to have an affair? And I said, you're a very good looking guy, but I'm married. And then he said, well, so am I. The lady says, well, I'm a Christian. That's not my thing. He said, well, my wife's pregnant and I want to kill her. And she said, and it's so off the wall that I didn't even, it didn't even sink in what he was saying because I was a couple drinks in. So I didn't really question him about it and then all I could ask was, why do you want to kill her? Uh, how far along is she? And he said, oh, she's about six months. And then I said, well, you don't want to kill her. You guys, you guys have a new life ahead of you. And then he said, so then what? And then I remember him saying, if you were to kill somebody and didn't want to get caught, how would you do it? <laughs> She said, if I thought he was serious, there's no way I would have given him any ideas. But I just said I would kill him by tying away around their ankles and throwing them in the ocean. I don't believe her. <laughs> and then, so the investigator subsequently interviewed the woman's husband, who said his wife had no reason to lie. He supported her story. They even talked about it later that night when she got home. That's. Weird. And she provided a credit card receipt showing that she was there. But they never looked into whether or not he was there.
1: That's what I'd want to know. Was he there?
0: Yeah. I wouldn't want to be involved in this case. I wouldn't say I gave the motherfucker an idea how Hell to do no. it. no.
1: I'd be like,
0: never I do know him that, that Ben Affleck like, looking like <laughs> I don't know who that is. So there's that theory that never made it in. If Which I were the prosecution, I would have dug up credit receipts, credit, you know, credit card receipts. Two years back, I'm like, were you there? Were you that yeah. night? Is there any possibility that you two did cross paths and that this lady possibly gave you the fucking idea? That's it.
1: Okay. So. What's your theory? That's what okay. I want to know.
0: So beginning to end, what do you think might have happened? I'll give you mine, but tell me what you think.
1: I don't know. Which is the point. Yeah. My whole point in starting this train wreck
0: yeah, was that I don't
1: know. And nobody has proven to me one way or another. Sure. So like when I sit and think about it, I'm like, of course he did it. His behavior is sketchy as hell. It's always the husband. Like, and in my brain I go, well, he wouldn't have done this if he, he wouldn't have acted like this. He wouldn't have said this. He wouldn't have made the phone calls that he made. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't have like ordered the porn channel. Like, you know, all those things. But then when I sit and think about it, I'm like, none of that though proves that he murdered her. And so when I start to think about the things that proved it to me, like proved that he murdered her, I can't come up with anything. And so like, I keep falling back to have, has it been proven beyond a reasonable doubt? And I go, no, it hasn't been proven beyond a reasonable doubt. Okay, well what has? Nothing, nothing to me has been proven beyond a reasonable doubt. And so my whole point in all of this is not that Scott Peterson is innocent, but nobody has proven to me that he's guilty. And so for that reason, I don't think he should be sitting in prison right now. Not because I think he's innocent, but because I don't necessarily believe 100% that he's guilty either. I think that he was convicted based on media. I think he was convicted based on odd behavior, suspicious behavior, but I don't think he was convicted beyond a reasonable doubt. And that's my issue with the whole thing. If I had to put money on theories, Like, one day, I'm going to get to heaven and God's going to tell me what happened. (laughs) Because that's, like, on my list. Um, I would say either Scott did it. I'm going to chalk it up to that three-year period where seven pregnant missing women, I think maybe she was targeted while she was out on a walk with her dog, and she was picked up. And, like, that theory fits and makes sense to me. But... Okay. I don't think that's, I don't think realistically it that he should be in prison right now. And that's, that's just. That's
0: Very worldly. uninterested in that opinion. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean,
1: I guess like, I'm a little like, I. No,
0: no, I respect but, your But like, I'm also
1: kind of bummed because I thought I'd come to the end of it and I would have had a decision made. Sure. And all I'm coming to the end of it is being that much more validated in why I started all of this.
0: Sure. So. I respect that. If you, if, if you don't have a smoking gun, then there might be doubt there. That's mm-hmm. fine. Here's my theory. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to say the, the way it is, I'm not going to go back and apologize for things as I'm saying them. So here's my theory. Here's what I would have presented if I was a prosecutor. This is a smart man. He's not an idiot. He is college educated. He is a businessman. So he, from what people say in his in his world, in his life, he did not want children. He was a player. hmm He liked having that new relationship feel a lot. He did have these affairs. Again, mm-hmm. that doesn't make him a murderer. But having a child with Lacey would have tied him down, would have given him less time to get away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he felt some type of pressure. I will say this. Lacey obviously fucking knew at least of one of the mistresses because the mistress walked in on her and Scott. Yeah. But she never talked to her mother about that. Never no, talked to her tell, sister tell about that. About didn't tell anybody about that. And I respect that. Some people do that with their relationship, what have you. They don't yeah, want to. You protect your partner. Exactly. Yeah. I think she might have known about Amber. Maybe. He's saying, he told Amber on a recorded phone call that he told Lacey about Amber after his and Amber's first date, which we know was November 20th.
1: Right. And Lacey said she was fine with it, which is that part I don't believe.
0: Right. I don't think a very heavily pregnant woman far along is going to be fine with it. She might have said, we can work on it. Are you, you know, if he said, I promise not that this is a one-off thing again, what have you. You know, either you're pregnant, we haven't been having sex, whatever it is. And she said, okay, let's work on it. And maybe she, but she didn't go tell her mom. She didn't go tell her sister. And she was living with it. I think that night of December 23rd, December 24th, that something happened where she might have brought it up.
1: Or maybe that's the night that she found out, period. Exactly.
0: Or that morning. There was some sort of soft kill because there is no bloody room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Although the small droplets on the duvet make me think that there was some kind of struggle. There was NyQuil on the nightstand based on one of the search warrants. So I don't know if he used that to subdue her. The toxicology report did not find any drugs in her body.
1: Mm-hmm. I think he reacted,
0: reacted and like, I'm going to... have to get rid of the body now can't say I killed my wife and my my baby so he very calmly he said here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go load her but see that's the thing he had those anchors already made so I think there was some sort of premeditation um the thing that he had bought the or he genuinely made anchors for his boat. four you don't need four five actually you don't need five maybe he
1: just had that much concrete.
0: Okay, my theory now. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, that he had bought the boat, he had, you know, purchased the fishing license to go out on these two dates. Um if anything very odd that all these, you know, in a perfect storm all these things happened. So I think he probably they probably had an argument and he killed her. And he, then he had to get rid of the body. Probably, maybe from this lady who gave him the idea. Mm-hmm. But we will never know because the prosecutors never investigated it. Because he didn't want to come off as we know Chris Watts did. You know, mm-hmm. as the cry boy, you know, husband, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Just to find out he did it. He was like, you know, I'm going to play the cool collected still looking for my wife's killer card which made him look cold and calculated Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah so here's my question so yeah
1: do you believe that beyond a reasonable doubt
0: what else could have happened
1: well we just went through like several (laughs) we went through like that are possible though yeah that are but this one's possible too all of them are possible So that's what I'm asking is like, do you believe this theory so much more over the other ones? The fact that he went the
0: the fact that he went to the marina the day that they disappeared Mm -hmm. and that they were found at that marina doesn't look good. No, definitely not. And that it was just a recently bought boat. It looks it for for how it looks to me is that he bought that boat for that intent. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So beyond a reasonable doubt?
0: I guess technically no. And that's what it comes down to in court. That is what it comes down to in court. Right. God, they would have hated me on that jury. I would have been asking questions for both sides. I would have had them. You are <laughs> like, you're like, like let, me just, dinner.
1: <laughs> let me just take over. We're we... just going to start over. Oh, I would have
0: for sure been the four person. Come on. Um, yeah, it's.
1: And that is my whole point. <laughs> But truly, that is like that, that is, is the point of a trial. That is literally my whole point. No, yeah. that is,
0: that is the point of a trial. So yeah. um and that's where I am. Really- but because I'm not part of the jury and I can use my feelings, I am saying I think he's guilty. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So my my whole point in
1: starting this argument for the all the people that listen is not necessarily to say that anyone who thinks he's guilty is wrong because I'm not convinced that he isn't guilty. And I, I'm not saying he's innocent either, Kim. Like (laughs) a lot of people got really upset with me, Stephanie, for (laughs) what they thought was me saying that he was innocent. That's not what I'm saying either. All I'm saying is
0: like, take Scott Peterson out of the equation. We're saying the trial would not have been fair to anyone in that position. What I'm saying is the evidence doesn't prove squat to me. What right. the
1: evidence proves is that you can interpret it to fit your narrative.
0: But I mean, there, there, there's history of, of some, and that's why it's not legal. Um, and that's why the question is it's beyond a reasonable beyond a doubt. Reasonable doubt. And, and I get it. Um, You know, if there was evidence to say he did it, he did it, he did it, he did it. Yeah. And then you get this one little wedge is like, maybe he didn't do it. That's enough to say he's not guilty.
1: Right. So like at your next barbecue, probably what you're going to say is that Scott Peterson is guilty. And these are the reasons that I think he's guilty. Yeah. But like what I would say at that barbecue <laughs> <laughs> is, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of fun to like create a little chaos, a little devil's like advocate, this. yeah.
0: Conversation, yeah. I, I truly feel that behaviorally, someone who does Something everything that, that he up. did, yeah, um, an innocent person wouldn't do that. True. That right. doesn't mean he's innocent, and that doesn't mean he's guilty. But you're right. There is no. There's video, no there's smoke no confession, there's no gun, there's no murder weapon, there's no um, technical crime scene. Which, you know, I, I always thought it was interesting that for something that's so circumstantial that the prosecution didn't spend the time, the effort, the resources to go back down in that bay and go literally freaking inch by inch until they found these anchors and possibly more body parts.
1: Um, I don't know that they hadn't, though. Like, I believe... I know that they, they searched. I know that their divers spent quite a bit of time out I'm there. I'm sorry. Keep looking. Yeah.
0: Because if you could tie these anchors to, you know, the same bucket size from, or the, you know, their... The same as the one that he had, the yeah. same part of rebar. I know I've seen cases where they see a piece of duct tape and they've linked it to the exact same piece that was cut off of a roll that's in the garage or something. Right, because the you tear know, marks if, matched, Exactly because yeah. of the tear marks. So you know what's to say they couldn't find this rebar or these homemade anchors at the bottom Those of the bag. Those
1: anchors would be the evidence that would be absolutely the proof. just like somebody actually definitively like. Some camera or some Mm -hmm. ring doorbell, which didn't exist at the time, somebody catching Lacey out walking her dog would have been the smoking gun. There are a lot of opportunities here where something could have been proven. Yeah. But unfortunately it wasn't. But yeah, Mm -hmm. like if somebody found those freaking anchors, that would tell you,
0: that would tell you he did it. Yeah. Because there would be rope. Yeah. There would be rope attached to them. Rope that I'm sure could be linked up to the rope that they found at his warehouse. Mm Mm-hmm. There could be some of the rebar. They could put those back together. It would together. literally
1: freaking match the other anchor that was right. sitting right there. Exactly.
0: <sighs> this is so frustrating because in this case, I think the prosecution could have done so much more. And they banked on the emotional. They won on the emotional. But I think they could have done so much more. Um, I think the defense
1: could have done a lot more, too. Yeah. Oh,
0: I think yeah. They,
1: like, I think realistically, he could have won with a different... If he hired Robert Durst's attorneys, (laughs) he would be a free man. (laughs) Let me tell you. Oh, but he didn't have that kind of money, though. No, he did not. He didn't have a million dollars to throw at an attorney. So, all right. But that's, I think that's what was fun about this case is it just gives, I think it's an interesting conversation. It gives people something to think about and it challenges the popular opinion. Yeah. And the popular opinion that I think was formed off of media.
0: This was a very, very heavy media case. Yep. Um...
1: And it's just been fun to create a little chaos because
0: for you, yeah,
1: I love it. I (laughs) love. Everybody has such strong opinions on it. You should see some of the things. Kim's my
0: mother-in-law. I've been hearing the brunt of that.
1: (laughs) Listen, I think Kim's my mother-in-law, even though she's not. So, but this is truly where we close it out. This is it.
0: So there, it's funny because we don't like doing stuff without conclusions. But that's our conclusion that. I mean, as far as the court goes, the court has concluded. That's true. I have not. But there is going to be another day in court, though, for the appeal, eventually. Uh, Something fun trivia fact. um, Once they had read read the verdict, Lacey's brother looked over at Scott's dad. It's painful, like, kind of look. You know what I mean? Like You lost a kid, too? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Scott's dad mouthed, fuck you.
1: I'm not gonna hold anyone responsible to their actions during stuff like that because emotions run very high oh, in situations. Sure. So I, yeah, I if my son was going away is going up for the death penalty, I wouldn't want the sympathy of the family that no, you know, I'd be like, well, they didn't kill him. Well, yeah, I know, but like, I mean, they're the ones that have been saying that he's guilty. So
0: yeah, so here here's something if um. If you're not already a Patreon, maybe I'll do this. Um, I have more information about this than I ever thought I would know about a case because I went out and read a freaking book on it. So if there's anything you want to discuss more in length, maybe I'll do a live with our Patreons. That'd be fun. About Scott Peterson, about this case, about just theories in general, if you want to discuss something more. So um, if you're not a Patreon, come join us. Go be one. Go be one. And if you are a Patreon, let me know if that's something you want to um, to hear more about or if you want to have a live chat about that. You'll we'll be posting that in our close friends group on Instagram.
1: Yeah. Cool. So should we do our first uh, five Patreon shout outs? Yes. We'll do five for this episode. Yes, yes, yes. Um. So our very first Patreon was Chai Young. Woohoo! Hala, She's a meta lover. That's my Actually, girl. everybody signed up as a murder lover. There's two tiers. You're I either know. the Diet Coke fund or the murder lover. Everybody's doing murder lover so far.
0: We're going to have to buy our own Diet Coke. <laughs> I guess so.
1: <laughs> Not Diet Pepsi. No. No. Um, our second murder lover is Cheyenne. Holla. This is my girl. Hey, um, girl. Cheyenne and her co-podcast host, Ashley, have a, I know I say Ashley very weird. It, like, all of a sudden <laughs> becomes very, very Midwestern.
0: Ashley? I can't even say it.
1: Yes, you do. Ashley, Ashley, um, Cheyenne, and Ashley have a podcast called the Voiceless Podcast. I think uh, is is it? I know it's the Voiceless. Yeah,
0: um, so good.
1: Um, they cover missing and murdered Indigenous women. Yes, and um, in Canada specifically, I think. Although it might be like more than Canada, but they're based in Canada. They're amazing. Go listen. Yes. But Cheyenne signed up. Um, so thank you so much, um, to both you and Ashley for all of your support because you've always been both amazing. To Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. Um, <laughs> sorry, thanks <laughs> Cheyenne. <laughs> and then our third Patreon was Denise.
0: Nisi cat.
1: Nisi hala. Um, which is so funny cause I refer to her as an even though I know her name is Denise, but like when I see Denise, I'm like, who is that? Right. <laughs> but if I see an cat, then I know exactly who it is. So.
0: You know, you buy your handle cause uh, we're friends like that. So
1: that's right. <laughs> and number then four.
0: our number four
1: is Monica. Hey girl. Hey Monica. And this is another one that I know specifically based on like her profile picture. Mm-hmm. It's very specific. Yep. Um, she has won several of our giveaways so yeah. thank you so much, Monica, for being part of the murder Lovers. And then number... Hair
0: flip. Isn't she the one to oh, commented on my hair? Yes. She yes. was the one that was like,
1: love your hair. Hey. Which your hair is like fire right now. Thanks, dude. It's like this dude. nice, like, like, raspberry color.
0: I've had very a lot of fails with DIY hair. But <laughs> Mackenzie walks in, she goes, that's, that's like your first good DIY hair job. I was like, thanks, dude. There's been some dark times <laughs> when it comes to Patina's hair. Yeah, I was looking like <laughs> Scott Peterson at once. Oh, God. That
1: was... <laughs> Is truly terrible. Um, and then last but not least today is going to be my girl, Stephanie. Hey girl, and we go all the way back to our first jobs. Oh really? Yeah, we started I didn't working know that. we started working at Old Navy together when we were 16 years old. That's funny. Now, if I tell the story, um <laughs> instant friends. <laughs> If Stephanie tells the story, um, she came up to me and like they told her basically to like train with me. I was folding down a table and they were like, "Mackenzie will show you how." And she started like small talk with me. I don't recall this. She insists. Sure. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound out of character for me. So <laughs> she started small talk with me, and I was like. Mm.
0: But <laughs> that not, does not sound out of character
1: for you. Not into that conversation and basically like dismissed it and walked off. And she was,
0: as she will put
1: it, she was scared of me.
0: Oh. Um, which Some not the a, best friendships start like that, though. That's how Karen and I started Yeah, that's how friends, like Tyson like, and I started. I hated him at first.
1: Yeah, we hated each other. And yeah. we were like, ugh. And then we became... Like, That's the we'll story I tell, though. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, those are our Patreons <laughs> today, and then we'll do more on our next episode. But for those who are signing up, thank you so much. We thank appreciate you, you guys. Thank you so, so much. And no, we guys. love you.
0: Cool. And the Pop Sockets will be on their way soon. Yes, they will.
1: Also, um, like, if you don't use Pop Sockets, I think it was Cheyenne who said she doesn't use Pop Sockets. What? <laughs>
0: We're about uh, to change your
1: life. Yeah.
0: Truly life-changing. Yeah. If you haven't been to the Patreon, you can just go to patreon.com and search Stranger, Stranger Danger. Danger. I think the forward slash is Stranger Danger podcast. If you just type but... in Stranger
1: Danger, it pops right up.
0: Oh, hey, we got it like that?
1: Yeah. Okay. If
0: you really want to be okay. extra,
1: do Stranger Danger colon a true crime podcast and it will pop up. Hey. But either way, it'll pop up. Yeah. It's like the first one. <laughs>
0: I can't stop smiling. I know. Ah, so great. Okay. I feel like a big kid now. How else can they reach us, Mackenzie? They can go to our Instagram
1: at A Stranger Danger Podcast. They can shoot us an email, A Stranger at gmail.com.
0: They can go to Facebook, Stranger Danger colon A True Crime Podcast, or join the group, Stranger Danger colon Murder Lovers. And you can also find us on Twitter using SD True Pod. Should we trade our Tik our Twitter for TikTok? Let us know. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll
1: do an Instagram poll. Make sure you yeah. yeah 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 yeah. Okay, thank you so much, you guys. I love you. Good night. Bye.